0: Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and today we are joined by John Clintworth, the founder and executive director of SportsWorks International NGO. I look forward to highlighting this fantastic organization. I hope you guys can uh, find a way to get plugged in and learn more about it uh, yourselves. So let's do this. John, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for inviting me on your show, Ryan.
0: Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I think we met on LinkedIn and uh, had a great conversation before. I very much look forward to highlighting what you guys are doing at uh, SportsWorks. So why don't we jump right into it, yeah? Sure, let's do it. Okay. So let's start with um, where were you? in life right before starting this? Because for this audience, we're talking about uh, starting companies, whether it's a nonprofit, a for-profit NGO. Um, where were you right before starting this? How did
1: this come about? Yeah, Ryan. So when I uh, started SportsWorks International NGO, I was actually working in mortgage banking. Okay. Uh, at the time. And uh, I was sort of doing this on the side, doing this on the weekends, on Saturday mornings. Uh, so that's really uh, what I was doing before I got involved with SportsWorks.
0: Got it. And so, um, let's let's talk. I guess we'll jump right into what does that mean. What were you doing on those Saturday mornings, and where where was your heart? What was the the intent?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, yeah, So what I was doing, Ryan, is uh, at that time I, I guess I felt a pull or a calling, if you will. Uh, to reach out to communities uh, where I was living that might not be as as fortunate as I had been growing up. Uh, what I mean by that is I was uh, a doctor's kid. I'd would gone to private school, K through 12. I felt like I'd had these opportunities and privileges that many families might not have.
0: Sure. Uh, as
1: well as uh, I had been um, a varsity tennis player on my high school team uh, in ninth grade through 12th grade. And uh, I'd, I actually taught at uh, a couple fairly reputable tennis academies. I taught at the Four Star Tennis Academy at Duke University. Oh. I taught at uh, University of North Carolina uh, Allen Morris uh, Tennis Camp in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd had private tennis instruction. So what I felt at that time, Ryan, was okay. How can I give back to the the community that I live in, uh, and maybe you know help some other people that might not have had those same privileges and opportunities that I did. Yeah, that's basically how it started.
0: I love it. So you started giving tennis lessons into it for for kids that are growing up in neighborhoods where they wouldn't otherwise have access to it.
1: Uh, that's exactly right.
0: Awesome. Okay, so that's I, I, you. Know, one of my questions is how'd you fall into this industry, but you just answered that already. Like, okay, so you you came up in the tennis world, and you're like, all right, let me start giving back. I love it. Um, So, how did you transition from uh, you said investment banking and uh, decide like, hey, I'm going to start an organization and start spreading this? Tell me, you know, that part of the story.
1: Well, I I call myself sort of the uh, reluctant uh, nonprofit uh, founder and executive director. Uh, Meaning that I never had like a childhood passion. You know, I want to grow up and you know tell all my classmates, you know, I want to I want to run a nonprofit or an NGO. Uh never was the case with me. Uh so uh I would say it started very grassroots, you know, very small. Uh just you know, with five students on a Saturday morning uh from 9 a.m. to eleven eleven a.m. Uh just passing out flyers uh in a community, inviting people to come out if they wanted free tennis lessons. Yeah. And uh we had these five uh, girls. Uh I can't explain why we didn't have any boys come, but they were all girls. And uh, and then I just sort of, you know, continue to show up. Uh, you know, hear these things all the time. Why don't you just, just show up? 80% of success is just showing up. So, Weird how
0: that happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, so I, I didn't even know what we would get. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, I might show up and no one shows up. Right. Yeah. So what would that be like? Uh, but lo and behold, these five <laughs> girls showed up and, uh, and then they came the following week, you know. Amazing so uh how that happens, it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it just uh uh we just continue to show up on Saturday mornings, and we'd invite uh, other volunteers uh to help us, mm-hmm. uh because we're a volunteer driven organization we weren't uh I wasn't getting paid money, and uh these other volunteers yeah. weren't getting paid money, and I didn't have a, a plan like a master plan, Ryan, like, oh, I think I want to be a social entrepreneur, or I think I want to get paid to do this, right. Uh so it kind of evolved, you know, organically on its own. I love it.
0: Um and I love the heart behind it just helping people. So how did you start I guess spreading to other areas because on your website I'm looking like you're all over the world. Um multiple centers, you got multiple uh, you know volunteers running things. How did you was that just organic growth or were you actively trying to spread? How did that happen?
1: Yeah. So that, the way that happened is initially, uh, you know, our focus was local. It was in, uh, Wake County, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, actually. I in well. well,
0: I, I lived in Fayetteville for eight years.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we were, we were, we were basically just a, a North Carolina triangle, uh, Wake County, uh, organization. Uh, and then due to social media, uh, and particularly Facebook, yeah. uh, I started the invitations for people that would say, Oh, Uh, You know, our original name was King of the Court Tennis Ministry. Cool. So they would see this term ministry in tennis. And then I'd get invitations maybe from Pakistan or India or places around the world saying, oh, please come to our our country, you know, and we can do some work in in our country. So, uh, you know, when you go to our website and you look in, you know, in 2021, Mm -hmm. uh, almost 17 years after we started in March, 2005. And I, I see all these uh, programs around the world. I almost have to pinch myself too, uh, Ryan, because I'm saying, is this real? I mean, is this really happening to me? I mean, uh, yeah. who am I? I'm just a regular guy, you know, wants to give back. And next thing you know, we're this global organization uh, around the world. I was even, I was just counting today. I was trying to figure out, well, how many how many locations have we had and how many partnerships have we had? And I looked around and I figured, well, we, we've run 17 programs or collaborate and partner with different groups around the world in 14 countries on four continents. Uh,
0: uh, how so does easy. that happen? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is
0: amazing. It, even I'm looking at it like, whoa, this is huge. Okay, so for, for the audience, it, it's sportsworks.ngo is the website. Yes. And you can go yes. find it and see like there's amazing pictures of the stuff that they're doing. You get to meet the people that are involved. Um, how can people help? How can they get involved? Are you are you looking for Volunteers in different areas. Like suppose somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I could start that in my neighborhood.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if they live in the United States, uh, which is where uh we're headquartered mm-hmm. and where we have 501c3 nonprofit status, uh if they'd like to be a volunteer coach, uh we have an application, uh, it's on our website. You you mentioned the URL, which yeah. is w ngo. Um if they would like to donate some in-kind uh, sporting good equipment, uh, we have the ability to receive sporting good equipment. Um, if they would like to become a supporter, uh, and, and we sort of call them a teammate. Uh, in fact, we, we basically invite people. We say, uh, we have a seat you know, waiting for you on our team bus. So if you'd like to climb on our team bus and become part of the SportsWorks team, uh you're welcome. Just uh, there's a volunteer application yeah. on our website. Uh, there's some information there.
0: That's wonderful. Um so just for for the business audience out here, can you briefly explain explain I guess the difference between a nonprofit and an NGO and what is what are those how do you define those? I I don't think well, I clearly understand that difference.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so in countries like the United States, they have uh, 501c3 nonprofits, which are part of the IRS uh, tax code. Uh, so you get uh, the ability to be a, an exempt organization uh, from taxes, mm-hmm. and you're able to issue uh, tax receipts. Um, in 2010, I moved to Canada. I live in a suburb now of uh, Toronto, Okay. uh and we we applied with the uh Canadian Revenue Agency as a separate entity uh to become a registered charity so that's right. how they typically refer to charity business in Canada's registered charities the the term ngo uh i think is primarily more of an international term mm-hmm. uh, and it refers primarily to like non governmental organizations right uh, so they're very similar. Uh, they, they, there are probably some nuances that distinguish uh, whether it's a charity, a nonprofit, a not for profit, or an NGO. Uh, but that's very technical. I don't know if we have the time on this uh, one podcast to go into all the details. Yeah,
0: about to that. get into it.
1: I, I, so <clears throat> the only thing that comes to my mind, the only
0: like practical experience that I have with that was when I was doing, say, disaster relief uh, after the earthquake in Haiti. It was we would interface with NGOs for food distribution. So they needed help with, say, crowd control or, you know, helping distribute coupons or whatever it is to get food into the right people's hands and the NGOs would come in. But it was kind of this elusive term that we would just say everybody that's not a military or a government entity. So, um, yeah, yeah, that works. Um so, what are some of the barriers or the challenges that you're working through now? Like, how are are you actively trying to expand to get into new communities? Um, what are What are you working on? What do you do with your time?
1: Yeah, that's a, those are great questions um, because uh, I have this discussion all the time. I mean, you can say, okay, you know, we'd like to expand into so many different countries, and mm-hmm. and you look at numbers and stuff, but then you have to ask yourself. You know what kind of impact or social impact or transformations we're we making on the ground on uh, each of these individual countries. So uh, it's never our intention to just try to uh, expand uh, so rapidly that we can't meet the needs of our partners.
0: Growing for uh, growth sake, camp-
1: yeah, 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 for growth sake, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that can be a little bit different, like compared to the for-profit world versus the not-for-profit charity world, 100%. Because, and that's right? very. Because-
0: like American, bigger, stronger, faster. Like, yeah. Ministry works different. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. Exactly. You know. So uh, when we when we form a relationship or a partnership uh, in another country, uh, the way our process works is we have a, an application and a form on our website again, and they apply to be a, a global affiliate partner mm-hmm. of SportsWorks International NGO. Uh, and then we have some uh, sort of some terms that we would like to establish with our partner, just to get off on the the right foot. Yeah, uh, and that, and that's basically you know that they will provide us with tax receipts uh, to to verify where the funds that we donate uh, are are being spent. Extremely you know, important. For, yes. 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 So it's particularly it's in international business, right? I mean, when you're dealing with. Particularly with uh, with countries and and populations that are not, uh, that don't get to enjoy uh, the quality of life. Sometimes we can take for granted, you know, living in North America, for example. Right. That we forget uh, sometimes. Even we watch the news, we see these these countries and people that live on less than two dollars a day or less than five dollars a day. Uh, So there there has to be some accountability of how we can track uh, the flow of funds. Uh, that we send to our partners, which include, you know, verified uh, uh, receipts and proof of purchases for the equipment uh, that's purchased in these countries and so
0: forth. I do. I remember I, I, my unit built a radio station in Afghanistan and our, our bosses are like, okay, we need receipts for everything. And the guy, like, I remember our concrete guy looking at me like, you need a what? (laughs) Like we just shook hands (laughs) like, I don't, I don't, I don't make receipts, and I'm like, oh boy, yeah. so <laughs> like yeah. concrete, and so you know we're backing into these things. It, it is, it's a, it's an entirely different um, discussion and argument in in different parts of the country.
1: So that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. and you know, I mean, the whole element of trust. I mean, I think of like the the Ronald Reagan quote of you know, trust but verify. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, it's just uh, we we have to have because we're we're trying to attract capital ourselves. We'd like to attract funding. Our funding can come from a number of sources, from uh, government grants to foundation grants, uh, uh, to corporate sponsorships to individual donations, and you know, we owe it to the people who who support SportsWorks International NGO. Yeah. That we have a system in place, you know. Uh, So it includes when they format uh, whatever, they provide the receipts. Additionally, we ask for photographs or videos uh, and stories, impact stories, you know, uh, so that we can share that, you know, with our audience. The marketing efforts.
0: Yeah. Because as a business, it needs to attract. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we can put it on our website or we can use Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and share it, uh, email marketing. Uh, and then people can see for themselves because, uh, I, I've had some people like uh, to play the devil's advocate, you know, oh, well, you can't trust these people. They're going to send you some Photoshop pictures, you know, and, you know, and that kind of thing. But I, I try, I try to form, uh, in our, in our, in our early stage of forming the partnership, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, which after the application and the the you know processes, we'd I'd like to have actually a, like a video call uh, with the the leader the leader or leadership team. Yeah. Uh, so we can get I can get to know them. They can get to know me. You know, it's all about trust and building relationships and that kind of 100%. thing. Hundred
0: percent, especially uh, when you're talking about something as I don't want to say fragile, but as danger zone when you're working directly with kids like vetting the person, understanding who each other are, setting expectations and all that's extremely important. So um, good for you to, to establish that. And it's not just a, you know, checkbox type thing. So that's excellent. Yeah. Um, before we move into the speed round, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, Sportsworks International, like how people can get plugged in? Where do they go? Um, what's the best way of getting in touch with you?
1: Well, uh, first thing is it would be go to our website uh, because that's really our digital uh, presence uh, where people can uh, get to know our story and who we are and our leadership team and find a little bit more about what we're doing, uh, what our mission is, what we're trying to accomplish. If they would like to engage with me personally, uh, I'm fairly active uh, on my my LinkedIn profile. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd be happy to accept a, a request in the network on LinkedIn. Uh, Yeah, I'll link
0: that uh, down in the notes as well. And actually, that's where that's where we found each other. I think it was the uh, Entrepreneurs on Mission uh, group where I saw your profile. So excellent. Um, Perfect. Okay, so just kind of uh, some quick questions here in our speed round. (laughs) I'm going to jump in. So uh, what is one thing that business people and entrepreneurs do that they should stop wasting time
1: on. Uh, I, I would say that there's never a perfect time uh, mm-hmm. to launch uh, your business or startup. Uh, I would say, you know, if you you feel a call to do it, uh, to to research it and to, to to get the steps, get the ball moving, because uh, there's no perfect time. So don't don't sit around waiting for that. Sound advice.
0: What is one thing that you hate doing, but you have to do anyway?
1: Uh, I'm not a huge fan of of paperwork, uh, processing paperwork. I'd rather deal with people uh, personally. So, but I think with any type of uh, organization, business, startup, nonprofit, you have paperwork filings, that type of thing. Something
0: you just have to do. Fortunately, once you get past a certain size, you can usually outsource a lot of that, but there's no getting away from it. So, outsource or hire for it rather. Um, how do you take in new information? So, is that books, audiobooks, podcasts? How, how do yeah, you
1: know I, I take in new information. I'd like to attend conferences. Uh, I used to attend them in per, in person, but uh, we all, uh, many of them went virtual due to the, the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so, I attend quite a few conferences uh, as well as uh, their webinars. Um, there are so many. High quality organizations in the nonprofit space. I mean, I could list a lot of them here on this podcast, but I, uh, I subscribe to, to blogs. Uh, I read, uh, best practices and suggestions and ideas. I read, uh, watch the webinars, go to the conference.
0: Yeah. Perfect. I like it. Um, you get an hour with one person dead or alive. Who is it?
1: Uh, no question. I'd like to be face to face with Jesus.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with that answer. Yeah. Um, we'll get to see him too one day. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> um, what is your favorite social platform? You already mentioned LinkedIn. Um, so is that accurate? Is that the best way for folks c- to connect?
1: Yeah. At, th- at this point we're on several, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but, uh, I, I, I right now uh, one of my favorites is LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: Perfect. I will, again, I'll put the links for folks to connect in there. Uh, John, I very much appreciate it. I look forward to watching you guys grow, and I'm glad that we connected. So, folks, um, there you have it. This is the guy that you can email and get in contact with if you want to get plugged in. They're doing fantastic things through SportsWorks International NGO. And, uh, again, that's sportsworks.ngo is their website. and. Uh, John, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Ryan, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor, just my first podcast I was a little unsure how I do, but I'm so grateful <laughs> you invited me. This
0: has been, this has been great. Yep. There's again, there's no wrong way of doing uh conversation and meeting people. So, uh, you did great. Thank you and Merry Christmas. And I wish you a happy new year.
1: Yeah. Same to you, Ryan. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks. And that, folks, is it. Uh, I will catch you in 2022. This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one day in person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project based billing or long term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.